and you're back on PT Meal Physical Therapy Podcast. This is Johan again, your host. Welcome, welcome. So for today's episode, we are going to talk about some pointers to consider if you are planning to work in the U.S. as a physical therapist going with a recruitment agency to process your application. This is not a uh, step-by-step process on what you should do. There are a lot of resources out there to provide you with that information. This conversation is, is more of a reflection of our experiences as physical therapists who started with an agency and finally finishing our contract. So uh, just a disclaimer, this is not an exhaustive list of pointers and also not a promotion of our agencies. But if you do have any questions, feel free to contact me via Facebook or Instagram uh, at PT Meal Podcast or email me through ptmealpodcast at gmail.com. So without further ado, come take a listen. Welcome back to PT Meal Physical Therapy Podcast, a smorgasbord of fascinating insights and valuable information from Filipino physical therapists about the physical therapy profession and practice. And for today's episode, uh, we are going to discuss how it's like to work in the U.S. via the agency route because uh, a lot of people are Filipinos are curious on how to get into the U.S., what are their experiences of how it's like to process this. So to help us with the topic is a dear friend of mine, Joy Nolasco. Hi, Joy. Welcome to the show. Hi, Johan. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> All right, so before we dive into the topic, so could you give us a, a background on how you get on how you got into physical therapy and where you are right now? So um I got into the physical therapy program by chance. I initially wanted to become a dentist, but I didn't make it through the cut of the university of my choice. Mm-hmm. Um then physical therapy had an open slot in that university. I applied, got in, and here I am. I am currently in Massachusetts um, practicing in the home health physical therapy setting. Um, I cater mostly to the older population and um, that. Mm -hmm. All right. So we're going to go now to how you got into the U.S. and working. So what are – was it your – original plan to to work in the US after you've worked in the in the Philippines? So um I practiced for like three years in different mm-hmm. settings in the Philippines before I um considered going to the US. Mm-hmm. Um it was just because I got curious how it is like to live in another um country, to be away from the family, like um adventure. Mm-hmm. So that's why I considered going to the US. So what what's your thought process on on how to get started? So okay, so um I chose my ag- agency initially because most of my friends um joined the same agency. Um I feel that it's very important that the agency that you're going to is something or is an agency that you trust and people are able to back up the real reliability of this um, agency. So that's how I got into the agency that I am with for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Aside from asking your friends about it and going with your friends, were, you, were there other things that you were looking for in that agency that made you want to choose that agency? 
Um, of course, I did a lot of research mm -hmm. on whether they are a reliable company here in the U.S. Um, I researched what types of sponsorship there mm -hmm. are going to provide me and the mentorship, the timeline, and how, um, how much success rate they have in deploying physical therapists here in the U.S. So, mm -hmm. so how did you prepare yourself? Uh, in trying to meet meet with the agency and, and speaking with them, were there any preparation or uh, what do you call this? Uh, try a lot of convincing in your part. Oh, mm. so once I decided that I wanted to try working in the U.S., mm -hmm. um, it snowballed everything. Um, I prepared, of course, the finances. Mm -hmm. um, I researched how much it would cost me. But good enough, um, if you research well, there are a lot of agencies that are willing to sponsor a mm -hmm. lot of the processing fees. They sponsor your tests. And some of the, um, um, what do you call this? Um, they sponsor mostly the costs that, would, that you would need or... Mm -hmm. Right, Something that's true. Like that. Yeah, because uh, when I uh, decided to choose my agency, I same as you, I asked friends uh, what agency they uh, employed them or they chose. Then, what are the benefits of mm -hmm. of going to that agency route and that specific agency? And so you're right, because there are agencies that would really shoulder everything. Uh, my family would ask me, "How much did you pay for the agency to to help you with processing and everything?" I was, I said, like they they're not really asking for payment. They would process most of the things. I would just have to shell out on the documents that I need to submit. But mostly, they would uh, shoulder the English exam, the NPTE, okay, SACPT, yeah, mm -hmm. right, and and also the reviews if you need them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, what I did, Johan, was mm -hmm. I initially shouldered my TOEFL, my mm -hmm. FCCPT, so I shelled out money for that. Mm -hmm. But the agency that I went with, they reimbursed me mm -hmm. with everything that um, I, um, with everything that I spent for all the processing documents mm -hmm. and the tests. So I shelled out money initially, but it got reimbursed. So mm -hmm. that's another reason why I went to the agency. They it's like I didn't pay for anything because I got all my money back for it. Right. So that's also one good thing to ask the agency uh, if they're going to reimburse you with the things that you have already spent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Beforehand. And if you're, if you're going with the agencies of your friends, um, my agency had like referral bonus mm -hmm. for me and my friends. So that might help also with having some more you know, extra money if mm -hmm. you're going with the agency of your friends. So you said you spent for your TOEFL and your FCCPT. Mm -hmm. Did you do that before signing up with them or uh, they told you that you can uh, pay for them first and we're going to reimburse you later? So I had a very good friend who helped me with the process. Mm -hmm. um, we've decided that before we choose an agency, we'll start the process by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then we can offer the agencies like we already have these documents done. And then we can better choose which has the greater reimbursement 
um, reimbursements. Wait, we can choose um, who has the better um, reimbursement programs. And that's what we did. All right. Because um, I also did my TOEFL first because I've heard from others that agencies are very strict on the TOEFL exam. That if you can't pass a TOEFL exam, your, your, your papers will not go or they would not sponsor you until you pass it. And they would spend um, money for you to review for the TOEFL and for the TOEFL exam uh, mismo. But what I did was also ask someone, my, my relative, my, my uncle, so I told him to sponsor my TOEFL so that I can get the ball rolling. So same as you, that was what I thought. And that's what my friends told me that if you can do your uh, TOEFL first, so that mm -hmm. when you try to look for agencies, uh, it would be easier for you because you're already one step ahead. Mm -hmm. So you already did that one step. Yeah, but there are agencies who like sponsor TOEFLs um, for up to five tries. So yeah. I didn't know um, that. An, yes. <laughs> so um, I've heard of agencies that would sponsor your um, TOEFL exam up until you pass it. So I think it's three to five tries. Mm -hmm. um, and we admit that TOEFL is not a very easy test to um, to pass. So right. it's a good um, program for some of mm -hmm. the agencies that even if you don't pass the first time, they will sponsor your second or third um, attempts as well. Mm -hmm. so. That's good. Uh, did you also hear if their contracts would be lengthened if they, they their attempts in, in doing the TOEFL increases as well. Like if they do it like five times, their their length of contract would be longer. Um, that part, I'm not very sure, mm -hmm. but we know how agencies are businesses. So mm -hmm. I think Correct. that um, the more promises they give you, the better you will be lured towards mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And then the, um, I think we have to be careful as well for all the, things that get covered because at the end of the day, we know how they want their money back from mm -hmm. us as well. So that's something mm -hmm. to consider. Right. Um, and after all, you're right. They're, they're businesses as well. Nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that. But we just mm -hmm. have to be vigilant on what you're signing up for. So um, how long was your contract with your agency? So um, There are two types of um, options. There were mm -hmm. two options that was given to me. The first one is, my contract will just be two years mm -hmm. if my visa was just H-1B. Mm -hmm. But if they apply for my immigrant visa, for EB-3 visa, mm -hmm. it would extend up to three years of mm -hmm. um, contract. So I went wow. with a three-year contract just so um, I'm not sure what will happen after the two years. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's easier or it's better if you have a green card already, you'll have more options. And that's why I went with a three-year program, three-year wow. contract. So right at, at the get-go, you were already offered with that two options? Um, not right at the get-go. So the first time um, when I signed up, it was a two-year program mm -hmm. with an H-1B visa. But on my first year, I wasn't picked at the lottery. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was when they told me that they will reapply for me on the next lottery and I could have that option 
to also be applied for an immigrant visa at the same time as the H-1B, but my contract would be a three-year contract. So, I see. So after mm-hmm. not being picked in the lottery, that's when they laid out that option. Yes. Mm-hmm. So how long did it take from you to sign up with them to um, actually leaving the U.S. for the oh, U.S.? Oh, so I um, I took my NPT exam um, July 2013. Mm-hmm. I didn't get picked for the lottery for 2014. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't get picked for the lottery for the 2015 mm-hmm. um, lottery picking. But mm-hmm. 2016, that's when... Um, I was lucky enough to get picked in October 2016. I moved to Maryland first right. with an H-1B visa. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so our, our stories are not different because um, I took the exam 2014 uh, mm-hmm. March, and I believe the submission of the application for H-1B is at april 1st that's april. the opening mm-hmm. so 2014 i passed an npte uh april 1st they submitted it for h1b i wasn't picked they submitted it again 2015 i wasn't picked again but that's when they they asked me if i wanted uh if they can pursue or, or file me for uh, a green card and mm-hmm. I didn't know that that's what a, that was an option back then because mm-hmm. I'd never heard of that. So I just said, all right, you can go. Do, do I have to pay anything? <laughs> he said, no, no, you don't have to pay anything. We're just going to uh, apply for you for a different visa. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so applied, the, the, they filed my uh, application, I think around June or July or something. Mm-hmm. And, and, and good enough, they were updating me of the process of, of what's happening, what I needed needed to sign wh- where I am in the, the whole process and steps. So by 2016, January, around that time, January mm-hmm. or February, 2016, they told me that, all right, your, your um, application was approved and, and you need to do this. This, uh, these are the steps. And I was like, okay, that, well, that was fast. Cause I, I mm-hmm. thought that filing a green card would be, would take longer. Uh, then as soon as they told me that you need to accomplish this, uh, like the the medical, medical Mm -hmm. exams, it it was, it went on so fast. Like for the whole Mm -hmm. month of uh, March, I think Mm -hmm. I was processing the whole thing. So, Mm -hmm. so so that I can leave by May, which my, which was my target date. Mm -hmm. Uh, Was that Um, also your, your experience? Um, yes, so once I was picked for the lottery of um, 2016, um, they released the results or mm-hmm. the results of the lottery um, June or July. Mm-hmm. And then by October, I was already um, on my way here to mm-hmm. um, you Maryland. Mean, you mean your green card, not, 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 not the H1B lottery? No, I was on uh, H1B. Oh. I was on H1B when I um, started working here. I was okay. on a work visa when I started here. Mm-hmm. And my green card just got processed two years after I started working here in the I U.S. See. But the application of the H1B and the EB3 mm-hmm. was filed at the same time. Mm-hmm. The H1B um, got approved first and two mm-hmm. years later, 
the AB3 GOT process. So, I see. Gotcha. So what would you have done if uh, at the third time, 2016, you were picked again? Would they um, give you the option that they would file you for EB3? So um, I think that's a very good question. Uh-huh. And that's part of how or why I picked this agency. Because mm-hmm. when I started, um, you know, some of my other friends, they had similar struggles. Some of them didn't get picked. Mm-hmm. And um, I know this agency had several options for you. And if I didn't get picked for the third time, I feel that this agency still has a lot of, you know, potential only because most of my friends were still able to get deployed even if mm-hmm. they didn't get picked mm-hmm. for several times. So they, so, they um, were, are still going to find ways for you to uh, mm-hmm. work. And so get I don't feel that um, I would have transferred to a different agency or whatever after the second um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, right and it's it's very tricky the mm-hmm. lottery thing because right. i think it's beyond the um the power or it's beyond the control of the agencies so mm-hmm. if you're taking the h1b route you know it's very important that you have good patience and you have like a backup plan like how are you going to um sustain your finances in the philippines while still being mm. open to the possibility of getting deployed right that same year you know right so don't resign yet until, yes. you, know that, <laughs> until you know that you're finally going uh, to the us mm-hmm. yes but at the same time find in the workplace that will allow you to you know, resign if mm-hmm. um, on a short notice. So you have mm-hmm. to find the balance. Uh, you should be able to like give them a heads That's up perfect. that you're already processing your, mm-hmm. your 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 visa. So how long did it take for mm-hmm. you to? When did you sign up with them? Mm-hmm. So, so you I, said you I took your. Mm-hmm. You said you took your exam 2014. Right? Mm-hmm. No, 2013. 2013. 2013. Mm-hmm. When did you sign up with them? So I, I applied um, with the agency after I processed the TOEFL and the FCCPP. Mm-hmm. So I feel that I finished the process early 2013, like January. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a six-month preparation from January to July 24 for the NPTE exam. Mm-hmm. So, so that's around six months of Preparation. Uh, preparation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you signed up within 2013 and you were January, able to... January. Mm-hmm. I were was able, able to... to take the exam mm-hmm. July of the same year. Okay. And you flew to the U.S. 2016. Mm-hmm. So about three years of waiting yes. and processing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the agency also covered for all of the expenses for the NPT exam. So mm. um, at my time, it's mm. no longer an option that after you take the exam, you wait for the results while you're already in the U.S. Mm. So all the test takers for um, 2013 were supposed to go back to Manila and to the Philippines and wait for the results. Was that mm. what happened to you as well? Do you get yes. what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, yes. So, uh, same as me, uh, after you take your exam, so we, we took our exam in, in Guam, mm-hmm. and I think that's when they had the uh, available date. And I took the exam March. Was it March? 
No, no. Uh, wait. <laughs> when did I take the exam? Uh, I think January. I can't remember. Oh, January. Yeah, mm -hmm. I took the exam January. Tama ba? <laughs> uh, yes, I took the exam January. Ah, yes! Ah, so I took the exam January 2014. Mm -hmm. January 2014. I think so. January 2014. For one week, I stayed there in Guam for the, the final leg of the review and the exam. Then we went home mm -hmm. and waited for the result. Yeah. Uh, before, I think before other agencies would let you wait in the U.S. Uh, mm -hmm. to, for, for the, the result results, of, yeah. for the result of the exam. But I, th I, I think they already learned their lesson that some people are would not be able to pass, unfortunately. So um, sometimes they, they get stuck in the U.S. without work. And I, that is not, they're, they, they, they're not supposed to do that. I mean, they can do that. But um, I think it's in the law that if you are already in the U.S. soil and you are under agency, that they are supposed to um, pay you. Pay you. <laughs> Because yeah. mm -hmm. you're technically employed by your agency. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So they should be already paying you. So mm -hmm. I think that's where they change their policies that after you take your exam, then you go home and you wait for the results. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, you know, I think it's important that, you know, if your agency is going to sponsor you again, if ever, for some unfortunate reason, you don't pass your first take. So right. maybe that's something to consider when choosing the agency. Um, some agencies, they would allow you to have um, several takes for the NPTE, mm -hmm. but there would be agencies who would just sponsor you once. Mm -hmm. And then if, unfortunately, you don't pass, you have to sponsor your second tries mm -hmm. um, or your further attempts for the NPTE. So. That's right. Same. That's similar to, to my agency. Um, the, the, it's up to you to schedule everything to 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 pay for everything uh, the after the first attempt it's your call now right so uh we we talked about trying to find out uh, if the agency is going to reimburse you with uh some of the expenses that you incurred we mm -hmm. also talked about uh, asking networks which agency mm -hmm. uh, is uh, reliable and maximize your connections yeah, right and experience wise right and we also talked about the options of agencies that are offering if they're going to sponsor you with just a working visa or is there an option for you to uh, leave with the green card so that's also something that um, our fellow physical therapists might want to look for and also Last one was um, if they're going to sponsor the succeeding attempts in uh, in your TOEFL or in your NPTEs. Mm -hmm. So what are the other things that you you look for uh, or considered in, in choosing the agency? Mm -hmm. So the other things, these other things are already in hindsight. Um, these are the things that I didn't really put much thought of or mm -hmm. much thought in when I applied for my um, agency. Mm -hmm. So I think it's equally important to 
research on how the agency is after you have passed your NPTE and once you transition to the U.S. already. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the problems I encountered is that I wasn't prepared financially when I um, first came to the U.S. I was banking on my agency to provide all the um, um, additional, we call it the transitional, what do you call that? Um, they have like a bonus for you to set up um, mm-hmm. Sign-in bonus. your transition phase yes um it's not more it's more of a transitional bonus mm-hmm. so it's like a certain amount of uh money that mm-hmm. will help you like jumpstart your apartment your mm-hmm. car i was banking on that when i first came here in the u.s but it would be um, perfect if you prepare um, an emergency contingency for yourself so mm-hmm. um you know, so that's one. So be prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, wait lang, I don't feel I'm answering the question. Tama naman. Um, tama naman eh. tama. Sorry, okay. after so, you um, asked, tama. So um, did they tell you to, did your agency tell you if you have to prepare this much? Because in my agency, they told us during um, a conference or a, a, a seminar that they went to here, they gathered all the applicants in, in one room, they, they told us that if ever you're going to be deployed, uh, be prepared um, mm-hmm. financially and at, um, try to ready at least $5,000. And I was like, $5,000? <laughs> mm-hmm. Where am I going to get that? So, mm-hmm. so um, I, I wasn't able to produce $5,000. <laughs> so um, I was just able to carry with me um, Two thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars going here in the U.S. and I relied on their, um, what do you call that, credit. They they mm-hmm. they were they partnered with a credit union and they provided us with a credit. So I relied on that. So for the first few months of transitioning here. Yeah, I was trying to be stringent with my, my expenses. I think you were lucky in a way that you mm-hmm. were given a heads up that you would need this certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my case, I was banking on the agency to provide for everything because we weren't told beforehand that you have to prepare this amount of money. Right. And, you know, 500 um, 5,000 USD seems like a big amount of money, but once you um, transition to the US, it's just like, you know, it's really the amount that you would need for the car, right. for the um, apartments. So um, even if your agency doesn't prepare you for the financial um, responsibilities that you would have immediately, prepare a good amount of money when you go to the US. That's um, right. Mm-hmm thing mm-hmm. and then the other thing is the driving so mm-hmm. um i think you know um ask your agency how they're going to prepare you for driving here in the u.s because um that's some that's that could be a challenge for um, us filipinos it's not we have a lot of um, public transportation in, in manila and it's different here in the u.s so the driving part if you can do a lot of driving in manila already do that before you get here in the U.S. or at least ask your agency 
what their plans are for the driving, getting a car, mm-hmm. and your transportation here. Right, um, right. And uh, in my experience, in, in my agency, um, even before we went here in the U.S., they were offering um, automobile deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have to ask again those who have been there or chose that program if that is a worthwhile program to already choose your yeah. um, automobile in the Philippines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I didn't go to that route because they said my advice. They advised <laughs> me that the interest rate is higher. <laughs> so mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they, again, my agency had a deal with a, a credit union that gave gave us a loan for a car loan. So mm-hmm. that's what I spent for yeah for the initial uh, loan yeah for the car. So yeah, mm-hmm. look look for again ask your agency if they have um, a program for for choosing a car and helping you with the driving. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So same with me. Um, our agency had a program. They offered a program for the. Um, Autosource, you call it Autosource. I think so. Um, and yes, yeah, so you have to do your research even before you um, come here because you'll be signing a lot of documents even while you're in Man- even while you're still at the in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So really research how expensive it will get, um, how much interest rates there are, and if it's really um, what you mentioned worthwhile to sign up with this. Uh, programs and then do your research Uh, look for options out of it or you know if you're lucky to have um, extra finances or there are other relatives who can help sponsor you for your car loans that would come out cheaper in the long run I think Mm -hmm. so and if you have all your options you'll have better um, chances of choosing the correct path for you Right. You mentioned about signing a lot of documents. I remember, I remember that going into the the uh, uh, Philippine counterpart of my agency uh, in Manila, mm-hmm. and I like keep on going there. Yo, you have to sign this contract. Uh, you have to sign this. Ganyan, ganyan. <laughs> and every time I I go there, like I'm dreading the contracts. I don't know. Am I signing my 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 myself yeah. to the like? The devil. <laughs> I, yes, I and it's usually like 40 pages. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. language is a little challenging. It's legal uh-huh. documents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really jargon. So if you're not um you if you don't if you're not used to signing contracts, you will be uh tested <laughs> when you when you <laughs> sign in with uh, an agency. But again, you're right. So make sure that you just read whatever uh uh, the mm-hmm. documents they give you, make sure to remember those documents. And if you're still unsure... Yeah. And keep a copy. Keep a copy for yourself. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. Always. Just, just mm-hmm. to protect yourself. And if you're still not sure, yeah, ask people who have gone to that route. Ask your parents, anyone that has uh, an idea on legal jargon so that you, they can explain mm-hmm. it to you. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And... Um, I think it's good to share you how yeah. we have some friends who had signed on different types of documents. Like um, we'll go back to agencies as being business, um, mm-hmm. um, having business background. So we have some friends who would sign um, a certain contract 
and then they won't read through it as much and then they would sign um what they thought was the same contract mm -hmm. but there are certain stipulations that have been changed like the number of contract hours or um you know um or they would have less support um less financial support you know so mm -hmm. you really have to look at the documents that you're signing and make sure you agree to whatever is there yeah. because and, it's binding right and it's the same yeah because we've heard of stories that the some of our, our our fellow physical therapists would sign something in the philippines then signing mm -hmm. something again in the u.s but yeah reflecting different contract hours so contract hours mm -hmm. is the number of hours that you have to stay with a company so yeah, but make sure that they're the same. Make sure that you have the copy of your the original papers that you signed mm -hmm. and you fully understand what you're signing so that in the end um uh you understand or you 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 know what you're you're signing up for. Okay, so that's the first half of our conversation with uh, Join Nolasco. So I just want to say, because uh, this is very important, we didn't tackle this in the conversation, but there are, I've seen a lot of um, ads in Facebook uh, enticing physical therapists to, to work uh, in the US, and they would say, okay, you would earn 2 million pesos annually. So let's, let's look at that. Okay, 2 million pesos annually. Um, if you're in the Philippines, that is big, right? But if you're gonna convert that in 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 the US, it's not it's not so big. Uh, say, sabi nating um, let's convert that in 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 US dollars uh, with a conversion of fifty pesos per per one dollar. Okay, two million pesos would equal to forty thousand USD. So that might sound big, um, pero tignan pa natin. Um, that would just be three thousand three hundred thirty-three U.S. dollars per month, or seven hundred seventy U.S. dollars per week. Pero if, if you're gonna look further, that would be nineteen dollars per hour. Nineteen dollars per hour in in U.S. as a physical therapist, um, that is low, <laughs> and that is a, a low um, per hour rate. Um, sasabihin sa siguro ng agency that it's the, the minimum um, wage for that state. Pero uh, uh, physical therapists are not minimum wage earners. Um, I would suggest if you are also gonna uh, go for an agency, uh, try to uh, look at the average salaries of physical therapists per state. Um, there is uh, a lot of information out there in, in, in the internet and just Google what is the average physical therapy salary by state and it would show you that physical therapists do not earn $19 per hour. So, siguro, uh, sabi natin, okay, uh, you're in agency, di ba? You're going to an agency route. Um, consider getting lower rates um, than the average rate. Of course, because your agency is gonna uh, pay for your TOEFL and PTE and, and stuff like that. You're gonna look for your um, 
gonna look for your uh, facility they're gonna help you with your uh, transition and stuff like that so you can accept lower than the average but $19 is so low uh, in my opinion okay so um just be careful if you're gonna go to that agency um just ask around ask people you know did you survive with $19 per hour or uh, is that enough um, I, I can't speak for um, other uh, other other states, but in in that for me, I mean, I, I was able to accept a, a lower than average um, salary because my my agency was taking care of me, and I know I was in good hands, and that my agency is advocating for me. But you know, um, again, it's still up to you if you are uh, convinced that 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 agency is good for you. Um, then, then, then go for it and you know that people can vouch for you so just in my opinion just be careful and just make sure that you do your research and find an agency that would advocate for you okay so make sure to listen to the second half of our conversation with join Alaska for more information and, and more um, kwentuhan okay see ya